We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Father, we do praise you for your glory, your majesty, and we praise you for who you are. God, we come this morning as we come every morning in prayer and petitions and thanksgivings and praises to you, Lord. And Lord, we just lift up the needs of this church to you, Lord. Father, we can't complete many of the items that need be addressed in prayer. But God, we trust in your ability and in your sovereignty to reach and to touch the lives of your people. God, we do trust in your ability to maneuver our hearts into understanding, to make us more into the image of Christ as believers. And today I pray, Lord, in your sovereignty and in your grace and in your mercy that you will begin to, to transform our hearts from the inside out. Lord, this message may seem very basic, Lord, but the truth is, God... Every word is inspired and God-breathed. And Lord, we just come today and ask that you open our minds, our ears, and our hearts to the Word of God. Fill me and empower me with the Holy Spirit, that I might speak its truths and ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if you're just joining us for the first time, and I want to let you know that we've been working through the book of 2 Peter. We've only been in it for now a few weeks. Um... We talked about the main point of this book being uh, written to warn against false teachers which will arise after the departure of Peter. There were false teachers during his day. There were false teachers after his day. And sure enough, there are false teachers in our day. And this book will help us understand our faith. It will uh, help us understand the Word of God. It will help us understand our sanctification as we are expected to grow as Christians. And so this book ultimately is about being able to warn against false teachers that will arise in our day. And I tell you, we've seen it in our day with the multitude of cults that exist and books that are being written that uh, promote heresy, that are against Scripture and denominations that are failing in their morality as they turn from the Word of God and turn to myths. And so, this wasn't a surprise to Peter as he knew that this would, took place, this would take place after he went to be with the Lord. And so Peter wants us to be taught how to be trained and how to handle uh, and spot those uh, phonies that will come about and that come forth in our day as well. And we've been building on an outline, if you remember. And the outline looks like this. Um, it begins with the salutation. You can go ahead and flip that slide. It begins with the salutation, and then we see there the the last few chapters we looked at, or last few verses, begins with avoiding false teachers by understanding our faith. And that began by understanding our faith in a person, which is Jesus Christ. That began by understanding our faith through the divine power that God has given us through Jesus Christ, that we have everything we need that allows us to live godly lives as Christians. And then we see there, see understanding our faith through perseverance. And that's what we looked at the last sermon on persevering as Christians, being able to grow in our faith and to be able to do things with moral character, with knowledge, with perseverance, 
kindness, with brotherly love, love and, and brotherly kindness, and etc. And then today, in the next few sermons, we'll be looking at voiding false teachers by understanding the Scriptures. And today, our sermon, we began to see and understand the Scriptures through repetition. And so today I want to bring forth a few main points that I hope will, will bring about in your, your mind a remembrance. And so here we look at three points. The first point is Peter expresses the importance of reiteration. Secondly, Peter expresses the importance of expectation. And thirdly, Peter expresses the importance of determination. So look at this passage this morning. If you will, turn with me to the book of 2 Peter, verses Chapter 1, verses 12 to 15, and they read this. Therefore, I'll always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them, and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right as long as I am with you, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is intimate, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind." You know, as I studied this short passage of Scripture, these three verses, I couldn't help but see how vital Peter viewed reiteration, reminding, saying the same things. And so I had to ask myself an important question, and that's why. Why is it that, that Peter finds that reiteration is important? And the big question is that we need to ask, is it why? Well, let me tell you why, and I think it's simply because of this. Because we as humans forget. We are forgetful people. Now, you may have a good memory, better than others, but the reality is, is we do forget. We do forget things. I heard that a, a study was shown that people retain about 5 to 10% of what they hear through spoken communication. And even when they're listening very carefully and taking notes, they lose about 40% of what they're told after two minutes. They lose about 60% after a half a day and up to 90% is gone by the end of the week. People are forgetful. And look, there are theories out there which explain, you know, as I read this, I read some of these theories of of, of why we forget, and it's pretty interesting. But the reality is, is what I'm trying to make clear is that we forget as individuals. And that's why we have things like holidays and birthdays and Christmas and Easter anniversary and other celebrations that we set aside because it allows us to remember what's taking place on those days. What do you think about God? Do you think He understood that we were forgetful people? If you want, you can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I'm going to read a passage here, verses 4 to 12. And it reads this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as signs on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead as you shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which He swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you great splendid cities which you did not build and houses full of goods which you did not fill, cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant and you eat and you are satisfied. He says, then watch yourselves that you do not become forgetful of the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. The Lord knew that when we became comfortable, when we became satisfied in our lives, that we became forgetful. And I would say as Americans, we're very comfortable. We're very satisfied. And even in the midst of poverty across the world, we look like millionaires in comparison, even those that are poor. We forget as people, and God knows it. And that's why we see verses like 2 Kings 17, verse 38. It says, The covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor you shall fear other gods. In 1 Chronicles 16, 12 says, Remember His wonderful deeds which He has done. He wants us to remember them. His marvels and the judgment from His mouth. There is passage after passage, and I don't have the time to go into every one, that, that show us the need to remember. Why? Because we are forgetful people. Now we sometimes remember in the midst of issues. We sometimes remember in the midst of problems. We sometimes remember in the midst of tragedy. And that's what I thought about as I thought about 9-11. And the slogan that goes along with that. The phrase that's posted everywhere. And it says, never forget. We got them on motorcycles. They're painted. We got them on billboards. We have them on signs. We have them on flags. We have them on the internet. And we see it says, never forget 9-11. The Jewish people of Israel do the same thing. One place when I was in Israel that was probably the most impactful time of my entire trip there was the Holocaust Museum. And as I traveled through that museum and I began to see these things unfold before my very eyes as they brought about reminders of these concentration camps. They were filled with reminders of the lives lost not determined by age because there were babies, there were children, there were adults, there were even elderly that were ravished by this Holocaust event. The Jewish people, when I left, was given a pen. And on that pen was a Hebrew word that said, Remember. Every year, 
Parents send their kid year after year after year there to that Holocaust Museum so that they will never forget what unfolded during that time period. We remember every year 9-11 so we don't forget the attacks that took place on that day. You see, a good teacher like Peter understands the importance of reiteration. Bringing to your remembrance by way of reminder because we do forget as people. And while many remember these events, they forget their God. They forget what God has spoken to them. Isaiah 17.10 says, For you have forgotten the, the, the God of your salvation and have remembered the rock and have not remembered the rock of your refuge. We need to understand that we are forgetful people and Peter understands this clearly. I've had people express to me sometimes their discontent with my repetitious teachings. Some even claim that maybe I share the gospel too much. But the reality is Peter says that it's a good thing. And a good teacher knows the need for repetition because we do forget. I know as I study and as I grow in my own personal faith, as I've said under my pastor for years, many of the things he said were repetitious, but they were good because I needed to be reminded of the basic truths of Scripture, the basic doctrines of the Christian faith. And here in this first verse, we see that Peter expresses the importance for reiteration. He says this, Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. He starts out with the word therefore, and when we come to the word therefore, we always have to ask the question, what is it there for? And so it basically is taking us backwards into what he said previously in the first 11, chap- 11 verses of this chapter. He says, Therefore, because I have spoken to you about your salvation, that we've seen in verses 1-4, to four, about the importance of knowing your salvation in a person, about knowing our salvation in the divine power that we've been given, about our salvation in our faith, in the perseverance that we have. And he says, because I've spoken to you about the assurance you have in verses 5 to 11 and about the divine nature that you obtain as a Christian. Therefore, he says, I will always be ready to remind you of these things. We don't miss that Peter's writing his last letter here and he is writing you with urgency. He understands that his time is short. Paul is another man that felt that it was very vital to be repetitious in his teachings over the same doctrines of the faith. And he says there in Philippians 3.1, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. He said, it's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it's a safeguard for you. Sometimes I think that as Christians we want to receive new information. Well, the reality is there's nothing new under under the sun. You may receive new information that you've never heard of before. It may be new to your ears, but it's not new information. It's from many, many years of teaching. Things that we talk about like salvation 
How vital that is in our culture and in our day. Things like the assurance of salvation. Because we have a multitude of people who misunderstand these basic doctrines of the faith. But Peter says, listen, I'm going to, by way of reminder, stir you up again on these items. We need to be reminded that we need to follow the words of God on a normal, weekly basis. And if we come with closed ears on the things that we've already known, it simply shows our carnality as Christians. It it simply shows us in our inability to be taught by the Word of God. Instead of closing our ears, we should open our ears and allow God in His great mercy to reveal some truth through that we've already learned, but He can make it new and sweet and and a remembrance and an occurrence to His Word and His truth. Paul even says it's a safeguard for us as Christians to be taught the same things. And doctrine shouldn't change. Now we live in a time when it's changing. Brand new truth never exists. It may be, again, brand new to us, but it's not new truth. And so don't be discouraged if we talk about things in church that are very clear to you. Remember, we're walking, we are talking about avoiding false teachers. We we haven't gotten there yet in the passage, but we will. But it's the primary idea of this whole book of 2 Peter. Doctrine is vital to the Christian walk. And while you may know it, don't discard it. Because until you can walk a man through the Scriptures through these simple doctrines like salvation, what does it mean to be saved? How is a man saved? Until you can open the Word of God yourself and begin to maneuver through it, you don't got it. And that's why we need to be reminded. It was many, many years in my walk before I was able to, to, to walk a man through the, through the plan of salvation, through Scripture, and begin to explain what it meant to be saved and, and how we're saved and the passages that we're able to teach that. It's basic, but it took me a long time in order to be able to do that. And so don't be discouraged. We need to hear, we need to be taught by way of reminder so that when false teachers arise, which they are every day in our culture, we'll be able to see their doctrinal error. We can see where they compromise the Word of God here and there, where they they add a little bit of lie with a little bit of truth, mix them together, and then we'll be able to call them out on that error and defend the truth of the Gospel. And if it's true that we lose 90%, we need to be reminded of the basics of the faith very often. Even if we lose 40%, which I'm pretty sure I lose close to 95%. And so I need to be reminded. You know, it's interesting because the reality is, is many times on special holidays like Christmas, some of the same messages are preached year after year. And people don't ever go, hey man, that was the same message you preached last year. They come up and they go, that was a great message. I really enjoyed it. I said, it was the same one I preached last year. With a new little insight here and a new little insight there. There's no new truth. The truth is the same, but may be packaged differently. He says again there, therefore, 
I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. Peter's like, listen, I'm ready to remind you guys... I've had a front row ticket to the truth of who God was. I had a front row ticket to the truth of His miracles, the healings, the the salvations that were brought about. And I still failed. And so listen guys, I want to remind you is what Peter's saying. Of these things so you won't fall as I did. But maybe you'll hear them enough. I like Peter's heart here too as well. Because Peter's not going, listen you guys are slow and y'all don't get it. That's not his heart. His heart is, listen, you already know these things. You already know them. But by way of reminder, I need to tell you, I'm going to remind you even though you know them, even though you've already heard it, the Jews are going to make their children walk through that Holocaust Museum every year so that they never forget. And Peter wants us to understand that as we walk through and we talk about salvation, we talk about the eternal security of the Christian, we talk about growing in perseverance, we talk about the attributes of the Christian life, we need to be reminded so that we don't forget the goodness of God. Because when things get good in our lives, when we get comfortable and we settle down, when our belly is full when our work is abundant, when our wood stacks are complete, when our bank accounts are overflowing, Scripture says then, then watch yourselves that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Though you may know it, Remember, reiteration breeds understanding. The second thing that Peter does on top of expressing the importance of reiteration, secondly, Peter expresses the importance of expectation. Verses 13 and 14 read, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. Knowing that laying aside of my earthly dwelling is intimate, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Here we see it again. Peter is truly convinced in his heart the duty to help people recall what they've already learned. And then he states, after he says, I consider it right as long as I'm with you in this earth, to stir you up by way of reminder again. He says... As long as I am in this earthly dwelling. What does he mean when he says that? What is he talking about? As long as I'm in this earthly dwelling. He's talking about his body. His physical being. The Greek word that's used here for earthly dwelling gives the idea of a tent. Okay? A tent. Most of us don't live in tents. Most of us go camping in tents. We stay there momentarily. Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.1 uses the same word there as he says, For we know that if, if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. You see, a building gives the idea of permanence, but a tent gives the idea of temporal 
uh, it gives the idea of a momentary place of residence. As long as I'm in this tent, this, this shell, this body which holds my spirit, Peter's thinking, I will consider it right to remind you. Now my question to myself and to us as a congregation, if a, if a teacher like Peter thought it well enough as long as he was in this flesh to stir men up by way of reminder how much more important it is us to remind ourselves and to be reminded of the doctrines of Christianity. I'd say it's pretty important. And then he, he goes on to say, but I'm going to do, I'm going to remind you by way of stirring you up. The Greek word there is uh, Dagero. Dagero. And it, and it gives the, the idea uh, to arouse, to, to awake, to wake up. It, it means to stimulate one's thinking. Peter desires that his word would pierce the hearts of his believers and of his people and awake them so that they could and that they would be able to reject the false teachings that would be coming into their lives. And I tell you, in our day and in our culture, some people need to be awakened. Sometimes I think that literally, as I stand up here and have a front row view of people sleeping. I understand it's been a long week. I've been there too. But, so, but sometimes, Peter's trying to make us understand that, that being awakened in our spirit is important. To be aroused. To be excited about something. You remember there in John 6, 18, Jesus is, is about to walk on water and, and we read, the sea began to be stirred up because the wind was strong and blowing. It's the same word that we get for us as a leader or a teacher or a, uh, a Sunday school teacher. Teaching people, we need to stir them up as the wind stirs up the ocean so that we can create proper thinking among the saints. He says, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, this temporal place of residence, to stir you up, to arouse you, to awaken you by way of reminder because we should have an expectation that we will not always be here to do so. We won't always be here, right? To exist. I mean, some of you guys are are getting to an age where you may feel, I'm pretty close. I know if I feel like it could be any day, some of you guys who are twice my age may feel like, man, I can go home to be with the Lord. Soon. Like soon and very soon. We need to have that expectation when we teach, when we preach, when we evangelize. We need to have an urgency. He says in verse 14, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is intimate. He knew that he was about to die. He knew that it was about to happen, that it's coming. And he even had some great insight as it says, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Our laying aside of this flesh will take place unless Jesus Christ comes back and then we'll be given a new body. 
Hebrews 9.27 says this, "...and as such as is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes a judgment." We have an appointment with death. All of us. And we need to have an urgency of communicating and teaching through repetition with expectation that the day is going to come when we can no longer do it. And there are kids, there are young adults that need to be trained to step into the position of leadership and whose responsibility is it? Do we understand that generation after generation after generation are walking away from the faith? They're not being taught. They're not being trained. And if we had a a raise of hands of every single adult in here, that has been discipling a young person, it would be very few because statistically it does not happen. Statistically, 90% of the church will never share their faith from beginning to end whether a person accepts it or rejects it. Why are we seeing declines in people in the church of God? Because we're not doing it with urgency. And it needs to be done more now than ever. We're like one generation from zero coming to church. We need to have an expectation that we will step out of this life into eternity with a holy and righteous God who loves us and who gave Himself up for us so that we could share the gospel, the hope of Jesus. we got the greatest message in the world for humanity. If this Bible is true, and I believe it is, then why aren't we living our lives in urgency and expectation that we can't teach it tomorrow maybe. Peter has love for his people. He is here to remind them, to stir them up because he knows that before long he will lay aside his earthly dwelling. I was talking to my wife the other night as we laid in bed to get ready to go to sleep and we began to discuss about going to be with the Lord and and what an exciting time it is. It's, it's a hard thing to talk about with your spouse because nobody wants to imagine life without their spouse. But the reality is, is I may be gone tomorrow. And I began to express to her my desire to leave a legacy not for Stuart Guthrie. I don't, you, listen, you don't have to remember me. All I want you to do is, is to remember my teachings. And that's what, that's what Peter's wanting. And so I do everything I can. I preach every Sunday. I put every sermon out on the internet in audio and video format because not only do people here need to be reminded, not only do people here need to have reiteration of the basics of the faith, so people outside this church. And so we get over 1,500 hits on the internet of people who listen to the sermons. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. And then when I step into eternity, all that will remain there to be used for people to hear the teaching and preaching of God's Word. And that's what Peter wants. Peter wants to have an expectation that he is no longer going to be here and he wants to stir people up by way of reminder so that when he goes to be with the Lord, they will remember There are too many wacko teachers out there. And I promise you, parents, I've been, I've been to the colleges. I've been to the Bible colleges. Your children will experience something they've never experienced when they step into the university. They will be challenged in their faith. 
And it's our responsibility to teach them. We, we need to understand the true historical, reliable doctrine that's been taught throughout our lives so that when we stand in the midst of those university guys, when we stand in the midst of those people who question our faith, who pick apart the Bible, there are some tough issues out there. It's not enough just to say, well, if it's in there, I believe it. We have to be able to defend and understand why we believe what we believe. And so I think it's important that we always have the expectation that we will soon, the urgency that we will soon be with the Lord in putting away this earthly dwelling. We do not know where we're going, when we're going. Some of us know where we're going. I hope all of us know where we're going. But, but Peter had some great insight on when his time would come. As he says, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is intimate, as also our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. When did the Lord make it clear to him? Well, if you remember, if you recall the book of John, about 37 to 38 years prior to Peter writing this letter, we read there in John 21 verses 18 and 19, it says this, I tell you the truth, when you were younger you dressed yourselves and went where you wanted, but when you were old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would be glorified. And he said to him, follow me. Now, as I thought about this, this could be very encouraging or it could be very discouraging. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't want to know how I'm going. But Peter understands. There's two things. He understands what kind of death he's going to die by, and he understands when in his old age. He knew that he would die by crucifixion and at old age, and Peter here is getting old. He has an urgency about his teaching because he lives with an expectation that it's coming. And I want to ask, do we live with that kind of drive? Does the end of the line give us drive to make every effort to building up the body of Christ for the next generation to grow, to be teachers and preachers of the Word of God? The third and final point that I want to make today is that Peter not only expresses the importance of reiteration, the basics of the faith, he not only expresses the importance of expectation that the end is coming and we need to have the urgency to preach the Word and to, to teach the doctrines of the faith, but thirdly, Peter expresses the importance of determination. There was a special determination that Peter had in his life. There was a faithfulness about his serving and teaching. And Peter is determined to make sure that every person that gets this letter would be able to remember what he has written. And so he wrote it down. He wrote it down through God speaking to him and him as the author writing with a pen. Not only for those people to see, but today for us to see in the Holy Scriptures as a remembrance, as a reminder, so that when Peter has gone to be with the Lord, which had happened a long time ago, it's still here and it's preached over 
and over and over and over as a way of reminder. He says, And I will also be diligent. At any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Listen, I don't know how long God will have me on this earth, but I want to be able to teach people. I want people to be able to recall the teachings of Scripture when they are confronted with false teachers, when they have children, and they begin to train their own children. These things he wrote prior. And all that's in this letter is an important part of doctrine. Do you know your salvation this morning? Do you understand what that truly is? It begins with understanding your faith through a person, Jesus Christ. It starts by understanding our faith in the divine power, if you remember. A divine power, he says, that will allow us to obtain everything dealing with life and godliness. Godly lives. As we become partakers of the divine nature. So that we can apply in our lives this thing they call Moral excellence. And in that moral excellence, knowledge, if you remember. Knowing the difference between good and evil. And in that knowledge, self-control. Being able to temper your tongue, your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. Being able to to maintain your own body and self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. Beginning to grow as as a young Christian into an old Christian. And in perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. Begins with understanding that we as Christians should desire these attributes and grow in these things in the perseverance. Because when we do that, we can have security. We can know that through this divine power that God has given us the ability to be transformed so that we can look at our lives and judge whether we've truly been called by God, if we've truly been regenerated in our heart. Do you understand your security? Starts by understanding faith through perseverance that God expects. You see, I want to make sure that after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind like Peter wanted his people to be able to recall them to mind. There is an interesting Greek word here in this last verse. The word is exodus. It's where we get the word exodus in the Old Testament. It, it means to come out from. It, it means to depart. But, it, but it's got an interesting meaning. Not only does it mean to come out from, it means to go into. And so as we look there in, in Exodus, as the, the people were there as slaves in Egypt, they were brought out of Egypt and brought into the promised land. They were brought out and went into. That's the idea that it gives. We are all going to come out of this flesh one day. Some sooner than others. Some a lot sooner than others. And we are headed somewhere. 
And the question is, is where will it be? Scripture says it's either heaven or hell. And if it's under my watch, I don't want anybody in this room to ever enter into eternity separated from God. Because I lacked on reminding you of what salvation was. What perseverance was. What some of the fruits of the spirits were. Today there should be an urgency... As you know, your time is ticking. And listen, this morning I want you to understand the universal time clock does not wait on you to make a decision. Your days are numbered. And when you step into eternity, Scripture says, when that end comes, it will be too late. You won't better make a decision then. You may be able to find some false heretic teaching that says universalism, oh, all people are going to heaven. Find that in the Bible. If you don't know where you're headed this morning, if you cannot say without a shadow of a doubt that if, if you were to die today or Christ were to come back, 100% sure I'm going to heaven, we need to talk. Because the universal time clock will not wait on you to make a decision. Your day will come as is appointed. And my hope is that you will open your eyes that God will give you the ability to see your sin for what it really is. And we need to have a desire as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to encourage every single soul to come and hear the message of hope in Jesus Christ. we got plenty of room this morning. Plenty of room. And while you may invite somebody till they're blue in the face, listen, I invite people every week until I'm blue in the face and they don't come. At least we can do it. At least we can invite them. It's not our responsibility to fill these seats. That's God's deal. Our responsibility as Christians is to know the truth and to teach the truth of the Word of God. And God in His great mercy will fill this room to where we have a thriving, growing community of Christians. And people from Missoula and people from Conning go, what is going on in that community? And it begins with us reiterating people to the basics. It begins by having an expectation that we will not be here much longer, which calls us to have a desire to share quickly and urgently and then we need to have a determination the Bible is very clear my brothers and sisters unless you are found in Jesus Christ you are found in sin and if you are found in sin sin brings death and death brings judgment choose today whom you will serve for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. If God is calling you this morning to faith, then I want to give you that opportunity afterwards as we pray to bring yourself forward and let us begin to talk with the Lord together and seek God in His salvation. Because salvation comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God through Christ alone. Let us pray.